I am so happy right now. I finished the herpes survey that I'm putting out. It is almost 50 questions, and there may be a couple of adjustments that take place prior to the release of this episode, but it's just a something positive for positive people data collection survey. Everyone who's taking it has HSV, whether it be type 1 or type 2 or other as specified, but... I'm polling the people who listen to the podcast, who follow the H on my chest Instagram account, and I'm going to drop it in a bunch of the support groups that I'm in and social support groups that I'm in in order to just collect data that reflects where we are right now in 2021 as far as uh, living with herpes goes. I polled the community asking what questions they wish that they would have had answered prior to their diagnosis or at the time of their diagnosis and just general information that they want now. Now, while I'm unable to collect data for transmission rates right now, what I'm hoping is that this survey is going to produce enough information that warrants uh, further investigation, if you will. So just to give you an idea, some of the questions, of course, are what type of uh, HSV do you have? What are your symptoms? Have you had an outbreak since your diagnosis? And that's some of the herpes related questions to the uh, physical aspect of it. Um, Talking about symptoms of outbreaks and how soon after your first symptoms occurred, did you seek a medical diagnosis? Interactions with your healthcare provider that gave you your... um, that delivered your diagnosis to you, asking about testing prior to your diagnosis, whether or not you believe that you know where you got it from. Uh, All of it is really yes, no, or check all that apply. Uh, While it's 50 questions, I think that it'll take no more than 20 to 25 minutes for you to go through and just check the answers. Um, I'll have a link in the show notes, so you'll be able to just click that You can take the survey directly from your phone and just be sure to complete every question to the best of your ability so that we get accurate information. I do want to take this to the next level of being something that warrants further investigation by a reputable organization such as the Center for Disease Control. So if that's something that we can do with this survey, then like I we we need it. We definitely need it. It's something that also inquires on uh, monogamous and non-monogamous relationship dynamics and people who perhaps were disclosed to prior to their diagnosis and know where um, they would have gotten exposed to herpes from or who what partner. Um, talking about relationships where one partner has herpes and the other doesn't, whether or not you pass it on to someone. Uh, what led you to disclosing, how you choose to disclose, who you choose to disclose to, talking about support, what resources were useful. Um, And then, of course, we get into the mental health piece. It's just contemplating, Uh, talking about whether or not you're seeing a therapist or if there were any resources that you needed that weren't available to you. How can we make those more available? So this survey is consists, it consists of questions from within our community being answered by the members of our community. This is experience-based. You don't have to have the right or wrong answer. This is completely based on your life experiences. So this will be accessible in the show notes. I'm going to put it up everywhere that I can. I'm going to make a tab on the website. I'm going to put a form in the um, 
I'm going to put a form in the show notes for every podcast episode. This will be live on my H on my chest social media feeds. And again, this is exclusively for people who are living with HSV. So once you get down to the bottom of it, um, I ask about, you know, how soon after your diagnosis were you prepared to disclose to someone or if you wanted to have sex with someone? Um, How do you handle herpes jokes? Uh, What concerns you have about your HSV status? And then we just get into the um, different identities of people who take the survey. This is all anonymous. I won't know your email address. Um, I just will only ask that you take the survey once. I believe I have a setting for that that keeps you from taking it multiple times. But just in case, please only take the survey once. Um, asking about your age, your pronouns, any identities and disabilities, um, and mental health disorders. Oh, I hate that I have to use the word disorder, but it's in most of these. So, uh, please, please, please take this survey. Let this circulate within the communities that you are part of, of people living with herpes, because this is really, really important that the community come together here and, Uh, Throughout my time in this space over the last four years, I've not seen us collectively come together for various reasons, partially because of stigma and safety concerns with anonymity. You don't have to worry about that here. So we can circulate this. And if you're willing to put in 25 minutes in the grand scheme of things like I've done this four years, I know people who've done this longer than I have. An interview takes an hour. So if you're someone who hasn't even done an interview and you want to get involved, if you've found value from this space, this podcast, these resources that are being provided, I ask that you please consider just taking that 25 minutes and just going through and checking all the boxes and just helping us with collecting this information so that we know what we need and we can communicate that to the rest of the world so we can get this shit done, y'all. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. This is just an intro that goes into the next couple of episodes. I would ideally have all of the uh, survey um, responses in by June 1st so that I can begin to go on and start pushing this information out for the um, STD Engage conference. It's the National Coalition of STD Directors. They have an annual conference where public health professionals from their network come together and there's an opportunity here for me to present this information in a way that I am able to connect with healthcare providers directly and talk about how they deliver a diagnosis. So at the very least, we can make things better for people in the future who will receive a positive diagnosis, a herpes diagnosis. I keep doing that where I say positive diagnosis, but... um, And then at the most, we get better information. We get better treatment options. So we just really have an opportunity here for you to advocate from behind the scenes anonymously and your identity is safe. Uh, So please, I just ask that you be on board with this and share within your communities and take the survey yourself. I'm taking the survey myself, so mine is going to be included. All I need is 999 more people to take the survey. That's my goal. My goal is just to have 1,000 people take 25 minutes out of their day uh, or from their phone and just check these boxes and then submit the survey at the end. I appreciate you for listening this long. I appreciate you being here. If you're someone new to the podcast, you can fill this thing out too. Check it out in the show notes. You can visit 
uh, the website spfpp.org is just the abbreviation of something positive for positive people make sure you remember that dot org at the end and the survey will be accessible there as well I'm putting this thing up everywhere and it's gonna be live if you're hearing this then the survey is live and we're taking in um, responses right now so you can do this today you can do this soon but June 1st is gonna be the cutoff date right now it is May 10th so that gives us about 21 days, three weeks. We've got three weeks to get as many responses as we can. And then we're taking this to the next level, y'all. It's time to level up, level up, level up, level up, level up. That's Sierra, uh, her song, Level Up, if you didn't know what that was. All right, so enjoy this podcast episode. Enjoy the ones that you'll hear in the future. Um, <laughs> I'm going to keep this in here until we get that thousand responses. Hopefully we can get that soon like within a week of the release of a podcast i know um, there's several hundred people who listen out the gate so if everyone who listens to this podcast episode is to go in and fill out the survey then we can be done with this in two weeks right so thank you for being here once again and this is how you can get involved this is how you can get involved uh enjoy this episode enjoy the future episodes and i hope that you continue to stay connected thank you Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that connects people who are struggling with STI stigma to mental health resources. We got a guy on here today. Um, I don't have any reason at all to say your name. We talked about what I was going to call you, but that's still like recognizable for you. <laughs> and I still imagine like if anyone were to find this podcast episode, maybe hear your voice. The general assumption would be that they found this episode because they were looking for herpes resources. So like, would it feel like a good thing that they found you and they were like, oh, shit, I know that guy and I can reach out to you. Like if someone reached out to you and was like, I heard your podcast episode would you lose your shit or would you be excited about that? I would be honored. I would be so excited to spread the love, to spread the things that I've learned throughout my journey. Yeah, I would be honored. Yeah. I would be grateful that they found me. And I'd be grateful that I could tell them the things and share the things that have worked with me and possibly they could work for their body. Yeah. All right. So speaking of what things worked, um, Let's Oof. go into that. Like we can just <laughs> we um, can just get started right away. So you and I connected. Uh, it's interesting. I don't get guys generally who reach out and um, want to be a part of the podcast or interview at all. Uh, so it was really cool that you reached out to me and that you wanted to just share your experience. I really really appreciate that and just want to let you know how cool it is that you were willing to do that. Absolutely, it's an honor. Um, so as far as my healing remedies, I don't even know where to start. So I just actually graduated YTP. Um, congratulations. Was, See the Nala beads. It's such a blessing. I can't wait to actually start teaching. Um, yoga is something that really, really helps me. Um, I'm in, I'm in other support groups on Facebook and things like that. And I've really reached out. And I try to tell people, try and share with people that that's helped me. And I would love to give free classes and help the community as much as I can. Um, that is something huge, just connecting with my body, releasing stress, negative emotions, negative thoughts, 
So yoga is a huge healer, not just for herpes, for much other things in my life, and I'm so grateful. Um, I just got this before we started the video. So this I got from the apothecary. It's basically just a bunch of roots and a bunch of different herbs that Dr. Sebi was um, recognizing and saying that he really thinks are very effective for the herpes virus. And I've been drinking this tea about two times a day. They didn't have every single root or flower, whatever that is, that's, that he suggested. But this one has dandelion root, elderberry, burdock root, and sarsaparilla. And I just get one of like those tea, those metal tea things, and you just scoop it up. And here it is. I'm drinking it right now. It tastes like nature. It doesn't taste that good. But I love putting things in my body that I know are, one, beneficial to my health and to my mind and my body and my soul. So, yeah, I mean, it, it benefits so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I do, I actually, just before we started this podcast, I drink a shake. And that shake... I always uh, throw a superfood in there and some vitamin C. So spirulina has been a big thing that's helped me on my journey. Um, I am pretty sensitive to the virus. I eat fairly healthy. I do eat mostly plant-based. I'd consider myself a pescatarian. I've been that way for almost three years now. But, um, yeah, the foods I eat really, really help me. I really found out what really works for my body. I I'm very in tune with my body, so when I feel something, maybe I'll... This is a huge thing that I really wanted to share with people. I don't know if you know, but um, I was looking up, because you know lysine and arginine. Arginine, you have to stay away from. Lysine, you want to put in your life. These are amazing. Dried organic apricots. To me, they're like Earth's candy. I absolutely love them, and they're about 1,300 lysine to 200 arginine ratio. So you could snack on these all day and not feel guilty at all. Is that a per serving? I'm not sure, like, scientifically proven, but I do know the facts about lysine and arginine and what it does to the virus. So I purchased those. They've worked very well for me. I've grown a huge love for apricots. I love fruits. I love vegetables. So, yeah, I mean, that's just something I really wanted to share on this podcast, and maybe it could help other people on their journey. But, yeah, those are some things, and I really feel as if um, I'm really good with my diet and, like I said, what works for me. But at the same time, I think stress is definitely the worst thing for this virus in my opinion for my body um yeah i just do breath work i'm very very consistent with wim hof breathing um i just did that this morning i told you last night i celebrated the holiday i was a little tired today's april 21st if anyone's wondering 15 minutes to do some wim hof and i'm good to go and i do cold exposure cold exposure is like like yoga does so much for me, but just being in that cold water and taking ice baths and cold showers and making your body uncomfortable and making it work in different ways and changing the chemistry. I mean, Wim Hof has truly, I really want to journey and climb the mountain with him. Just an amazing person. If you don't know about him or anybody listening to this podcast, please, he is phenomenal. And a lot of people don't believe in things like breath work because it's not scientifically proven and 
he has all the science to back it up. I was going to say, uh, as far as what I know about Wim Hof, he has the data to support it. Um, exactly. What we'll do is uh, I'll link to Wim Hof in the show notes. And then I want to ask you because yoga was a big part of my own healing when I first got my diagnosis. It's been about eight years now. And uh, that's about how long I've been doing yoga. And I give a lot of the credit to my journey through yoga for helping me having gone through and healed a lot of stuff that I didn't really know was an issue or what was there. Um, Part of it being I didn't realize that an STI diagnosis was a traumatic event. And so being able to move your body and as you know, having gone through yoga teacher training yourself, there are certain movements that can trigger particular emotions in the body. And you'd be like, wow, where'd that come from? And I can recall one particular day where I went to a yoga class after having been super angry from something at work, gone through the class and just moved and got into a space of stillness and just completely forgotten about what was making me angry so yoga has served as a very natural neutralizer for intense emotions or attachment to bad outcomes and just stress in general it's a way of moving that stress or stagnant energy from the body or through the body you nailed it i couldn't agree more and i've been doing yoga my ex-girlfriend, I'm so, so grateful for her. I mean, she taught me so much in my life and got me in the yoga. And I just did yoga every day at the gym, and I found a teacher that really resonated with me. She was outstanding. I mean, I just loved her so much. And I never knew what yoga was doing. I just knew I worked out at the time. I played a lot of sports and played basketball. I'm like, oh, I feel good. And I always felt so zen after. But after really taking the training and like you were saying, um, you just had one time that really resonated with you that you realized the emotions. I was in pigeon pose one time, and they're like, I was like, all these thoughts were coming in. I was in a situation at the time where me and a friend were in some conflict, and there was just all this conflict coming out in my mind and these thoughts, and pigeon really, really releases that for me. Our hips have so much emotions and so much things, for me at least. Yeah, that's common. Um, I even told one of my uh, instructors, and you could see it in her face because we were on a video chat. I was like, hey, so I don't know how else to word this, but there was a time where I did yoga, and after we got done, I felt like I just had sex. And she went, well, (laughs) and tried to, like, describe to me that uh, a lot of emotions are just stored in general places or the hips. Like, if we get the moving, then those emotions can just kind of flood out of the body. And I guess I don't really have like an answer for that or what that was about, but uh, just looking at the experience of anger and then the experience of feeling like I just had sex from just doing yoga. And it's not like you feel it uh, in your genital area. It's just like an overall sense of arousal or like that post-orgasm lingering feeling where you're just like... I guess a, a bliss would be a good word for it. Um, Great word. 
But it's it's really interesting that this thing that really doesn't require much of anything except for a little bit of movement, balance with a little bit of stillness, and then, of course, breathing and connecting to your body, especially after having a herpes diagnosis where this is an STI, this is sexually transmitted, our identities are strongly interconnected with our sexuality, right? So when we become disconnected from our sexuality, it's almost like we become disconnected from our identity our, or we become disconnected from our bodies. Yoga has been a very useful way of reconnecting our awareness, our existence, our being to our body just through that breath and movement and then finding stillness and just being able to be with the thoughts the emotions that come up with it so I'm, I'm real happy that you brought yoga up i never really had a reason to talk about it on the podcast before yeah. um even though a lot of people will practice yoga i've interviewed some people who were you know yoga instructors even but i don't think that uh it was really new enough to them to where they were exploring this stuff for themselves and being like oh here's how it connects to the body and here's how the body connects to this diagnosis and now we're able to kind of mesh these things together and understand that there's a direct correlation between the possibility of healing uh, our thoughts and feelings about having herpes as well as our own connection to our bodies as a result of the diagnosis you're amazing you're super intelligent i couldn't agree more and for me it's like um as much as it does calm my mind and the stress and the chatter inside um just physically like you said it really connects me physically like if i get some sort of sensation where i really feel as if the virus is coming i'm just so in tune with that and i always every everything every time that happens it's always like yoga this is why i'm like i'm able to feel i'm able to feel energies when i go outside and i put my hand on a tree and i imagine i manifest that bark turning into my arm and it's like you feel this energy since you feel connected to nature you just feel connected to us as a human so so beautiful yeah. so grateful for yoga yeah for real um i want to hear about your experience so how'd you find out that you were positive what was the experience with um the healthcare provider your partner at the time like what was going on around the time of your diagnosis yeah, so um, my diagnosis was really strange. So I got mine, not 100% sure who I got it from. I think I was 22 at the time. I always used protection. I was always one of those guys where my buddies would go out, we'd go and we'd party and we'd go to the club. And we would have one night stands and we would do whatever. And my buddies would like, how do you wear condoms? I'm like, are you crazy? How do you not? I'm like, heck no, I was always in so much fear. I honestly feel as if I manifested this into my life. But I know this sounds crazy, and you might have never heard somebody say this in a podcast, but I am so, so grateful for herpes. Oh, I've heard that at least a dozen times, yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry, I haven't listened to too much. Your last podcast was phenomenal, helped me in so many ways, like, I know we're jumping off talking, but just to keep that in mind, like you talking about confidence and like when you were talking about how you're with your girl, and like, do you like me? Do you like me? I do. I have, I do that sometimes and I used to, but like you said something, it's not about being confident. It's about being okay with your insecurities. 
and that just resonated with me in so many ways and i just like rolled my shoulders back and down went to work i'm like what's up because like the smile was a big thing for me and i'm like you know what Cameron said this we're good i'm like i'm smiling i'm feeling good i'm so grateful for that but yeah it was just so my diagnosis i'm pretty sure it was with um an older woman that I had an affair with and I'm very intuitive. I could feel, I feel like I'm just an empath, like feel energy. I could feel when I walk in a room, I'm like, Oh my God, like, what is that? And I was messing around with this person and the lights turned off. I was wearing protection and something in my mind was just like, you need to question this woman. Like, why'd you turn off the lights? And I looked at her in the eyes. We were about to have sex, looking her right in the eyes. I'm like, I'm like, do you have something? And I'm like, there's, in my mind, I'm like, there's no way. If she answers no, there's no way a human can possibly tell me no and have something. So, yeah, I asked her, and she said this really legitimate excuse. Like, she just had eye surgery, and I'm like, okay. And I was like, I still didn't feel the confidence in that response. And I was like, I looked at her, I'm like, tell me right now, do you have anything? And she said, no, honey, I don't. So I went on, I had sex, and two weeks later, I started getting a little sick. Not really. I just had, like, a little itch, and I was like, fuck. And I was, I'm all in my head. I get, like, anxiety, OCD. Not really anxiety, but I was just like, oh, my God, I don't know. And I didn't really have an outbreak. I was just like, I felt something. I felt like this woman was lying to me, so I just went and got the test, and they told me I was positive. And at that time, my my thoughts, my mind, I've been through some trauma in my life. I had some things happen where similar things like this have happened. But when it happened, my mind just was completely blank. I was just like looking in the sky. It was at my home in Florida where I used to live. And it was just like, boom. There was just nothing to think about. I was just, it's like my soul, like a piece of me left my body. But yeah, at first it was a little tough and, you know, I was like, I'm never going to find love again and blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was pretty tough, but you know, as I grew, I w- it, sh- it just made me go inside and really focus on myself. And I look at sex in a different way ever since yoga teacher training. And like you were talking about in your podcast, I was such a beautiful thing. And like, and when you have that emotional connection with somebody and you grow that connection and then you have something physical. It's just so much more powerful. And I, I'm so, I, every time I think of these things and how far I've come, I just, I thank herpes, uh, how grateful I am for it. And it's really not a big deal. I've learned how to control it. I've changed my diet. I eat so, so healthy now. I'm in love with the way I eat. I eat, go out to eat once a week, maybe. And every time I eat that food, it's good. But I'm like, I can't wait to get my other food back in my body, my sweet potatoes, my avocados, my veggies. I'm like, this stuff makes my stomach growl. Like, I want to feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I really, I'm not sure that that person was the one that gave it to me. Um, but I did confront her when I got the diagnosis positive. Um, I texted her and I said hey are you sure you didn't have anything and she got very defensive and I was like I'm not trying like I'm not mad or anything I'm just letting you know like this is what I have like you need to look out and she 
like, this is so disrespectful. How dare you reach out to me and say this? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm just asking. I'm like, why are you getting defensive? And then she blocked my number, and I'm like, <sighs> now, ever since that happened, I'm like, I'm 90% sure it was me. Because <laughs> I wasn't, like, that active at the time. I don't, like, sleep with, like, one girl, then another girl, the next day, that girl. Like, it was a little thing we had going. Okay. Uh, you mentioned that herpes having been one of the best things that ever happened to you. That's an interesting perspective. I don't think I had language before now to really speak through this, but it's interesting what herpes takes away from us and what we give herpes. And what you're saying here is that you have opened up to the lessons and whatever else it is that came with your herpes diagnosis. So it's almost as if like herpes has gifts to offer and you are receptive to receiving them rather than being resistant to accepting what comes with herpes. And what I mean by that is the things that come with herpes are you now have an opportunity to more deeply connect with people beyond the superficial level. You have a filter that weeds out the people who aren't for you because we look at it like, oh, I can, my options are limitless when I don't have an STI. And then when we get herpes, all of a sudden our opportunities become a little more limited in our mind. But really, the limitation is very self-imposed because there are so many other reasons that a person cannot be your person. I think that having herpes makes it a lot easier to weed out because one, uh, there, there's typically three responses to a herpes disclosure. One is no thanks. One is tell me more. And the other one is I have it too. So you're weeding out one third of the population who are a definite no. And then you have the possibility of having a maybe. And in any dating situation, if you're disclosing something about yourself to a person that can allow for them to determine whether or not you're compatible or if this is a deal breaker for them, then you still run the chance of hearing that same kind of response in one way or another. Ah, no thanks. I don't want to have children. Well, maybe I can have kids. Like, let's see where this goes. And then, oh, hell yeah. Let's get to it right now. Let's start making kids, right? So, and I hate to use like those two specific examples. You can look at anything that's on the spectrum there, but it's really interesting that you're able to open up to accept and receive the gifts that herpes has given you so are you willing to share a little bit about uh how things have changed for you in relation to your relationships or connections to yourself even or with other people as a result of your herpes diagnosis yeah i'm willing to share whatever absolutely i would love to share my experience and hope this could shed on to other people in the community and shed light on them and hopefully they think positive about the virus because, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It really isn't at all. And there's a lot of lessons we can learn from it. But um, as far as relationships, so I personally, I mean, I'm open to it. I haven't really talked to anybody without the virus. Um, totally open to it. I've had people that have accept accepted me, like, just being friendly with them and somebody reached out to me while I was at work and wanted to talk to me and I told them the situation I didn't act like I think a big thing when disclosing I'm not too informative about it but I think a big thing is not acting like it's a big deal like I think when you act like it's a big deal that 
resonates with their mind and they're like in fear of it already they're like oh my god what is this because it's not a big deal just be like look i got this this is what it is so you don't gotta if you're all scared and you're like emotional about it i feel like they're gonna take on those emotions you know um so yeah i like still had fun and still have like relationships i haven't had a serious one ever since this happened um I've had kind of one, but yeah, it's just with myself. I mean, the relationship with myself, I don't know if you believe in astrology. I'm 27 now. I'm having my Saturn return where it's like, I'm really resonating with who I am. I'm a very sensitive human and that's totally okay. And I'm raised with three sisters and I'm the only male in the family. And I've always been like in my environment that I'm from, people make me think like it wasn't okay to be this way. And it wasn't okay to be sensitive and it wasn't okay. Like I feel for people. Like I really care about humans and animals and I'm just resonating with myself and getting so much more in tune with who I am and just accepting that. And it's, it's this year has just been so beautiful for me. Even last year was pretty tough, but really, really connecting my relationship with myself is becoming so powerful and so beautiful. And it's really, like, magnetizing to other people. Like, you talked about on that podcast how, like, magnetizes, like, whatever you put out there. And I feel like better people are coming into my life and better vibes, and I'm very, very happy about that. And I do. I love – I'm a Libra. I love relationships, and I love love. So, um, yeah, I definitely still go out there. I'm on the site, and I have – a woman that I talk to that's really cool and we're just taking it slow. We're just flowing, but yeah, I mean, I'm like I said, like I'm just falling in love with myself and I made a song when I got back from this plant medicine journey that I took that like all the love I need is inside of me. And that's this topic of the song. And it's, it's very, very true. I feel like I made that song for a reason. This was like the beginning of my journey and it just came out of me, out of my soul. And, yeah, just the song is really resonates with me. And I'm totally content. I feel like in order for me to have a beautiful relationship, I have to love myself before I can love anybody else. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just really coming to that. And I feel like even in my last relationship, she was an amazing person. I'm so grateful for her. But I wasn't emotionally ready, and I didn't love myself at that time. So it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, and I learned from it. And here I am. I'm just one day at a time just sending more love into my body and trying to manifest things like journal a lot and just tell myself positive things about myself that I love about myself and looking in the mirror and acknowledging those things and really allowing it to resonate with my body so yeah what does not loving yourself look like or what did that look like for you pictures not smiling giving a little smirk, um, giving a little side face. I show my little beard because I always thought I had big ears, like big earlobes. So I'd literally like this. I'd literally, that, like, it'd be straight on me. I'd be like, right on the side. I'm like, check it out, like sideburns. <laughs> but, yeah, that was something. Um, definitely, like, asking people, do they like me? That was a big thing. Like, do you like, do you not like me? Do you like me? Blah, blah, blah. Like always having to get confirmation of that. 
when like some people don't like me and that's totally okay like some people we just don't resonate it's not a lot because i am a person that just is positive and love but some people don't like me and i i used that not that used to not be okay with me i used to be like damn like why don't you like me like i love you like i just want you to like me and now it's just like you know what it's okay Mm. it's totally fine if you don't like me that's cool so can we say that not loving yourself looks a lot like seeking love exclusively from other people rather than being able to say, like, it sounds like to me, you could never say to yourself, honestly, I like myself. Mm. Absolutely. And it, um, as I grew, I didn't realize when I was in yoga teacher training, um, I was very vulnerable with the women that I was in the YTT with. They were so amazing and so beautiful. And one of my biggest vulnerabilities were that the words that were said to me growing up were, I thought they were just jokes and they were the intention behind them. But those joking words really affected me. Like as in something big with me was that I'm not intelligent. And yeah, my buddies were like, you're so stupid. We would go out, we'd smoke weed all the time and I would just zone out. I'm very like, doesn't take a lot for me to get like that and they're just like you're so stupid you're stupid and i'm just like yeah and i always felt as if i was really stupid i wasn't aware of it until later on in life that how powerful those words really were and i'm one of those people that i always tell people positive words because words are powerful and i tell people and people don't think i'm sincere sometimes because i say it a lot and I say it not just to one person at work. I'll say it to a bunch of people. I'll be like, you look beautiful today. Your your jacket looks nice. I love your earrings. And, like, I feel their happiness, and it makes me happy. And it's, it's just beautiful. But, yeah, words have really resonated with me over time. And I'm trying to rewire my body and rewire my brain to think differently yeah so what you sought for um what you sought after from other people which was you know the do you like me uh why don't you like me that kind of thing you started just kind of giving that value to other people in your own existence you just hey i like your hair or that's a nice shirt that's you started giving people what you were seeking from people and you learned that you didn't necessarily need it from people because if you can give it to somebody else, then it's there. Where's it coming from if you're not getting it, right? Mm-hmm. Nailed it. That's, uh, that's a really, yeah, that's an interesting thing, especially if that's something that you learned after your herpes diagnosis or if you at least became aware of it. Um, I don't like to give herpes exclusively a lot of the credit for the experiences that I've had. So whenever I'm talking about, you know, I wouldn't say I'm so grateful for herpes. I mean, if I could not have it, I'd not have it for sure. I am grateful for the experiences that have come since my diagnosis. I'm grateful for the level of awareness that it gave me because if there wasn't something physical that I could see, look at, touch, feel, then I don't know that I would have been able to go any deeper or trace that down through the root of the nerves into my existence into 
uh, the feelings of situations that I've been in and be able to like retrace my current behaviors with those past experiences that created whatever trauma and belief systems that are in place that allow for me to behave the way that I do. So in that sense, I am grateful that uh, I'm grateful for all of the lessons that came after my own herpes diagnosis. And I understand a lot of people might be listening to this or they might have cut it off at that point of this is the worst thing that ever happened to me, actually. So I can't sit here and listen to two people talk about how much of a gift herpes has to offer. But if you look at it that way, like you can either accept this as a curse or you can accept this as a gift. Your rejection, denial, resistance of what this virus comes with is a real big part of where the internal suffering comes from and how we navigate the stigma behind it. So in rejecting the positives that come with this diagnosis, you are accepting the negatives that come with it and vice versa. You know, if you want to reject the negative, like I choose to, I refuse to um, allow for the stigma to overrule my life experiences because once I began to challenge the stigma with my own behaviors, my beliefs about the stigma changed. So that's how we negate the effects of stigma. We change our own individual perception of it. And in doing so, like we can contribute to the collective change of the perception of it. Because I always tell people, too, man, like we are the resource. We the people living with it. So, yeah, you know, the statistics are out there, but they're old and outdated, outdated. Now what we have are here on Something Positive for Positive People. We have the stories and experiences of people who are living with the virus. So why not come here? Why not go straight to the people and ask these questions? They're like, hey, what's your experience? Because what you'll also learn is that everybody is different. While some people may not ever transmit the virus to another person, someone else may never have symptoms. Someone may have symptoms all the time. Someone may have no idea that that ingrown hair that they're looking at is actually herpes. Like there are so many different ways that we have to communicate about this virus. There are so many things to communicate about it that I don't think that science or a research study alone will be enough to cover it. This is a tricky virus, period. And that's all it is to it. And how we internalize the mental aspect, the emotional aspect, or even the spiritual significance of it, and what we do with that information in our behaviors, that's really the only thing that becomes real about it. Because, yeah, it is and can be an inconvenience to our bodies, to our routines, to our sex lives, but it can also be the thing that makes us go into the process of healing our own past trauma that's dictating uh, a similar behavior response to herpes in other areas of our life. Yeah, you're you're great. Couldn't <laughs> have said it better. Appreciate you that. Know, um, yeah, I'll definitely reword that, and I'm thankful for the awareness that it brought me. Not the specific virus in general, but I agree. Mm -hmm. Now. Um, I guess speaking to the whole accepting and rejecting of what herpes had or has to offer to a person, um, you've accepted the good. What bad has come from it that's happened that, you know, perhaps you may not necessarily want to give energy to, but in just acknowledging some of the negative experiences that you had since your diagnosis? Yeah. 
definitely thoughts in general that were just evil that came into my mind that I had to let go of. Um, I've had times where I love my friends have kids and I love them so much. I mean, it got to the point where I was like, I couldn't even, I felt as if I couldn't even touch them. Like, I felt that was a very negative time where thought I couldn't even give these kids love I thought I was going to give them this virus I would wash my hands every 24 7 I would be like people would use a toilet seat of mine I'd be like what the now I know it's 100% fact that that can't be done but it's like I was there's times where it was like that and my buddies um they do jujitsu and I'm really into watching mixed martial arts I've been for a long time and I love sports and I went to jujitsu with them and I loved it. And then the next day we come home and we watch MMA and they're all talking about the blood on the ring. And they're talking about, oh my, one of the girls mentioned, she goes, oh my God, what if they have uh, AIDS or something? I'm, they're like, oh no, they get tested. And then one of the other guys, she's like, oh, I would never roll with a guy if he has herpes. I'm like, I just completely was like, what? <laughs> and I was just like, fuck. I was like, now I can't roll with them. Now I can't do this. I'm like, yeah, so I haven't rolled ever since. But, yeah, it's definitely, that was a negative time. Um, Yeah, there were just times in my room where I was just, like, never going to find love. And I had those bad times. We're all human. It was never anything, like, super serious to where I was, like, very, very depressed had a very good support group. My sisters are very supportive over me and they know they have HSV one and they, they were misinformed about it and I informed them more about it. And yeah, I just had a really good support group. At first there were definitely negative times, but brought a lot of awareness to me. I mean, awareness is a huge word to me. I always tell people whenever they're going through issues and they come to me, they're like, well, this is that, this is that. I'm like, well, you're 90% there. You're aware of it. Now we just got to work on it. And I think I almost want to make like a shirt. That's like a huge word for me, aware. And I think it's so important to just be aware of these things. And I am aware now. And yeah, I can't think of anything that was too crazy. I mean, yeah, other than like discomfort sometimes, nothing really that negative yeah and oh i did actually i did have one sexual exchange when i first got it where i didn't have an outbreak at the time the person was completely fine with me having like sex with them i told them the situation i was like i don't want to have sex blah 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 and mentally if your head's out of the game I mean, your thing is not even going to go up. Like, I had that experience. I was, like, looking at her. She was beautiful. I was like, I can't do this. I was like, I couldn't. My mind was so hooked on that. It is hard for me to, um, unless I really feel as if this person, like, I could really grow with and I could really build a relationship, then I personally, I don't know if I would have sex with them, even if they told me it's okay. That's just me personally, um, just because the thought of even know they're okay with it, and I'm like giving, if I gave it to them, I feel like I would just feel really bad, so I would totally be okay with being with somebody, but it's like I want to make sure 
that this is something I want to pursue. I don't want to just have like a one night stand. I don't want to have a one night stand in general anyway. Are you only dating people who also have the virus? You mentioned that site that isn't paying us and shall not be named, but has that been what your comfort level is? Yeah, that is my comfort level. Um, There's been people that don't have it. I'm like, I can totally see me talking to them. Like, they're a really good person. We go out to (sighs) dinner. We hang out as friends. And I'm, like, still nervous about it. But it really allows me to build that friendship what i feel like every relationship should have and become aware of these things and yeah i'm building great friendships but if i feel as if i could really grow with this person i could really see a future with them then then i feel like that would be my time to disclose if they feel the same way and i would be comfortable with it but personally i feel i'd rather have somebody with the virus that's just me yeah so then we could have sexual encounters i could just not have anything in my mind and could just be like okay let's get all right right. so let's let's stay here let's let's talk about this a bit um beautiful person you're getting to know them and you are out of it when it comes to sex right so in this exchange with someone who's accepting even though they don't have the virus or they don't know whether or not they have the virus it's your the value that you place on herpes is so high that you're unable to connect with this person that you want to connect with who's right here however in the space of that dating site that we shall not name if you meet someone off of there who already has a virus it's like it's not even a thought I want to share this here, and it's something that I've shared a handful of times, so like, skip the next two minutes while I talk about it if it's old to you, but I learned that the person I was on that dating site and in interactions with those support groups, I liked that version of myself more than I liked the version of myself in person. The version of myself in person was always overthinking. When are they going to find out? When am I going to have to tell them? How am I going to tell them? Oh my God, do I even tell them? These are the thoughts that are in my head. And that does in fact, like get in the way of blood rushing to the area that you want it to be useful for in that moment. So there came a point in time where I recognized that even though I was on that dating site that shall not be named, there were still mismatched compatibilities even in that space. So it wasn't necessarily about the sex or me having herpes anymore. It was like, dang, I don't connect with this person a lot of other places. Like we both have herpes. We can have sex guilt-free without having to worry about passing the virus onto each other. And why is it that that carries more weight to the connection than the connection? Because that person who was like, I'm okay with it. They saw you, they see you as a person that's like, damn, you know, I really want to get to know you or they're just attracted to you and the connections there. So why put that resistance up when herpes has given you, you, um, what you're accepting from herpes is that you're filtering in higher quality people. We have to alleviate the responsibility of ourselves after we disclose and give people the information. We got to be able to let that mess go. Like we got to be able to let it go completely after we give them the choice. Because the main thing is that we weren't given a choice. 
we can give them the information because a lot of people who don't have herpes don't have any reason to look at the information. But once we give it to them and allow for them to make the choice for themselves, it's no longer our responsibility. Our responsibility at that point is to continue to communicate. If they have questions, answer those questions as they pertain to us. If they're willing to do the research that shows their level of investment in us as a person beyond the virus, beyond our sexual interactions. Whereas, you know, if we look at the dating site, the one that we're talking about, what else is there? Like you see what people put on their profile, but what's not being put on their profile is what you pick up on in real life with the people that we may meet in real life. And as we're just naturally organically connecting with one another, you know, the herpes is insignificant. Like, because sex is sex. Sex is going to be had. Sex may not be had, whatever. But there are so many other areas that we can connect that we just completely overlook as a result of our herpes diagnosis. So it's important to get out of that laser-focused mindset of, all right, it's about the herpes. All I got to do is make it past the herpes, and then we're good. There's a lot of stuff that can happen and should happen perhaps before to let you know if you're even compatible with the person that you're looking to have sex with. So if we can get our mind, if we can just create that synchronicity between who we are online, who we are in person, then the world opens up like that barrier is just shattered. So now you can just connect with people organically in either place or both places. That was longer well than two minutes. Yeah, I didn't mean for that to be two more than <laughs> that two minutes, but no. it's it's Great. such a. I'd be I said I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a fear of mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still definitely something that I do have those thoughts when I meet this person. I'm like, oh well, I have this, so I'm not really gonna be myself and grow this relationship with this person. I mean, that's very common for me. Yeah, I believe that things should be done organically. And do you feel like you can only have long-term relationships with someone who has herpes? Because it's like, oh, God, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Now we can connect. Or with the other people where it's lingering and you're like, I don't know if I want to do this. And then you're connecting with that person and then you get it out of the way. It's almost like you don't get that same relief from having it out of the way with a person who already knows, who already is positive, they understand. Like, yes, there's a level of connection there just based on the understanding, but what about the connection we can have with a person who is willing to understand? I feel like the quality of their willingness to understand and get to know you oftentimes supersedes someone's understanding for having just shared a similar experience. I recently learned this word trauma bonding, and that's what I think a lot of the interactions that I've even had on the dating site were like, all right, our trauma is this herpes diagnosis and here's how we're going to bond and connect. There is nothing else that we have in common. We probably wouldn't have even gave each other a a thought had it not been for our diagnosis, but here we are. So let's just make the most out of it. So that's again, just another way of looking at this and being able to choose how you want to navigate it as we move forward. Yeah, I mean, everything you're saying is just making me want to go out and do the things I love. Oh, I thought you you were about to say, go yell, you have herpes. I was like, please don't do that. (laughs) Don't let that be the thing. But it should make you, allow for this to make you go, huh, 
I didn't think about it that way. I want to challenge that. Challenge the beliefs that you have that, you know, here we are after having processed as much as we have, like challenge these beliefs and patterns that you have with real life experience and behaviors. So when you're getting to know someone, I mean, shit, you can probably just tell her, uh, you know, hey, you know, I got tested for herpes and I came back positive. Like, what, what's your status? And they may say, oh, I don't have herpes or, oh, I've never been tested for herpes. Thanks for asking. And then you can just let them know, like, hey, I want to take things slow, get to know you. And when you can strike me as someone who has no problem being like, hey, so this is what I know about myself. I would like to slow things down in the sex department because I'm healing through this myself. So you would be able to communicate that to someone. And that's going to drive her crazy as well because it's like, oh my God, this dude who's aware and like isn't trying to have sex right away. Like that is a superpower almost. Like the patience is a superpower. So to consciously create that patience and demonstrate your own emotional intelligence your own self-awareness to someone who likely may not have seen that from people that she's attracted to that's going to open up the opportunity for you to connect at a much much deeper level and then when you do have sex i don't think that the whole thinking about passing it on to her is going to be an issue because even if you do pass it on to her that's not the exclusive thing that she was focused on she was there for you So you're giving yourself or you're blocking her from receiving all of you because you've got so much value on this insignificant bit of this insignificant aspect of yourself. So are you going to let this little like pebble be the thing that's in between you and another person creating that discomfort? Or are you going to just like, hey, all right, here I am. This is me. This is what I got. I, I, I have this pebble in my hand that represents a little bit of me and she's like hey, shit all right well the pebble comes with the body and the the mind the energy and the spirit the emotions all right i'll take that so just i, I think that that's something that we could really start to look at and uh yeah it, it's as a man i can speak to that experience as well um the fear of not wanting to pass it on to someone is very parallel to the feeling of not wanting people to find out that you have it because there was a time where I hadn't disclosed to someone and it was very challenging for me to maintain an erection. It was just like a half boner. Like I had half sex basically. And I was like, man, I can't do this anymore. Like I don't want to do that. I don't want to have half sex anymore. So regardless of a person's status, if you give them the information and they still want to move forward with you, that should be exciting because this person wants to connect with you. thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and your experience and yeah it definitely resonated with me i just really before i do have sex with somebody who doesn't have it i just want to make sure that connection is has possibility that's all i'm saying so it's like if i just don't feel a connection with them and it's like they still want to have sex i'm like yeah well, I'm good. Ah, it, yes, yes. And that is such a good feeling when you can 
turn down sex because of prioritizing yourself. You're not just doing it because your genitals are engorged and there's a person in front of you. You're having much more mindful, intentional, conscious sexual relationships with people. So if it's not a hell yes, then it's just a no. And it's as simple as that. So that's good that you're able to look out for yourself in that way and that you have that self-control and that um, you're only going after the kinds of relationships that you want. That's powerful. Yes. That yoga stuff, man. Hey, get into it. <laughs> no. no. I'm getting into it. I'm with the company now. I'm just trying to expand. Yeah. I'm with so many great teachers around me, so it's intimidating sometimes, but hey. I got a lot to offer. I was going to say, you wouldn't be there if you didn't belong there. A lot of people challenge, yeah. I, I don't know if I belong here. You wouldn't be here if you didn't belong here. Um, so wrapping this up is there anything else that you want to leave us with before I let you go no I just want to thank you for doing this and thank you for all the other podcasts that you do and yeah I'm just so grateful for you and people like you that are truly healers and really help a lot of people in this community and yeah so all I gotta say is thank you and I feel like I'm just going to go in my natural environment and, you know, if somebody comes that doesn't have it, then let's go. There you go. <laughs> <Let's>... <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So if, if one of these yogis come by and we have a good connection, let's do it. There you go. All right. Um, what I'm leaning towards with this is just that uh, something about the title um, just being like being able to accept what comes with herpes rather than rejecting it. Something like that. I said it somewhere in the episode. I wish I would have typed it up real quick, but I definitely lost it. Uh, yeah, that was something that really stood out to me was how laser focused we are on what we don't want from herpes or what it's taken from us. We don't look at what we can receive from it or what we can accept from it. So there's just this polarity of rejecting uh, herpes or accepting the rejection that comes with herpes but we don't accept the acceptance that comes with herpes so thank you for that I think that that's going to be a really healing um, experience and statement to make for people to be able to pick up on uh, we'll be in touch I will send you the podcast episode when it's done I don't think there was any reason for me to have to edit this I said something that I, I think I corrected at some point but other than that man this was great thank you Thank you so much. All right. Everybody. All the light in me sees all the light in you. Hey. Namaste. All right. That concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please donate. I'm going to start saying donate first. Donate to the nonprofit. You can go to www.spfpp.org and you'll see different options to be able to send us a donation. Your donations go toward paying for our group therapy sessions, our individual therapy sessions, uh, as well as maintaining the behind the scenes stuff of something positive for positive people like the um, podcast hosting and the website hosting and all that kind of stuff so um, yeah this is exclusively where the support comes from if you want to become a patreon subscriber feel free to do that uh, you can donate for as little as two dollars and fifty cents a month or as much as whatever it is that you want to give in order to continue our efforts to just expand into 
getting to people when they are diagnosed and even ahead of time so that people are at least prepared and understand where they can go for support and resources. So also like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Till next time, stay sex positive.